This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Michael Strahan, shocker. He has tested positive for COVID. And give him a break. Strong winds and flash floods pummeling restaurants, struggling to stay alive. And how the heck did this happen? Yay, I got vaccinated on the side of the road. In the middle of a blizzard. Then, what were they thinking? The college kid who ran a city's mass vaccination site. Were those four doses that you administered to frat buddies of yours? And $10,000 for a COVID-19 vaccine? This man is charging 10 grand for a COVID appointment. You're selling the appointment for thousands of dollars. You know, how, how can you justify that? Then, the NFL player accused of beating his girlfriend. Her desperate just-released call to 911. And... Toddlers and Tierras. Where are they now? Ten years later. So I'm going to graduate high school, be a valedictorian. Plus, Put up. remembering the great Cloris Leachman and the day she saw Fifty Shades of Grey for Inside Edition. Now, Inside Edition with Deborah Norville. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. No matter how stringent the precautions, COVID-19 is very contagious, and more so now with the new variants. And despite all the precautions taken by the TV networks, somehow Michael Strahan caught it. The former football star has been missing from Good Morning America all week. As it turns out, he's been quarantining at home after testing positive. Michael Strahan is battling COVID-19. We know that you have noticed that Michael has not been with us here this week. He wanted us to let you know that he has tested positive for COVID. He's at home quarantining right now. He's also feeling well, looking forward to being back here shortly. Rumors that the GMA co-host and NFL broadcaster was hit with the virus started circulating last Sunday when he appeared remotely during Fox's NFL broadcast. Today, there are new concerns that the upcoming Super Bowl could become the next super spreader event as people gather for traditional Super Bowl parties. In California, outdoor dining is now permitted, but it couldn't come at a worse time. This was the scene in Sonoma County, as strong winds toppled outdoor dining tents. In Sacramento, outdoor heat lamps and tents were pummeled. Pandemic-battered restaurants can't seem to catch a break. In Pasadena, where a flash flood watch is in effect, Rebecca and Ronaldo Marquez are digging into eggs and hash browns at the newly reopened patio at Rain Restaurant. You're braving the cold weather, right? Is that an issue for you? Uh, I mean, I prefer it to be warmer, but I mean, it feels good to be outside eating. So many restaurants across the USA have fallen victim to the pandemic that the New York Times is writing so-called restaurant obits, the same as they do for people. 
Lucky Strike opened 1989, New York City, a beacon for locals. Blackbird opened 1997, Chicago, always where you went to see all the elements of a great restaurant, goes another obit. Hollywood is mourning the loss of the 101 coffee shop, made famous in the 1996 movie Swingers. This coffee shop was famous for celebrity sightings and brownie waffles, and in the good old days, it was open until 3 a.m. I spoke with owner Warner Ebbings. If you were to write an obit for the 101, what would you say? You could be a regular neighborhood person and feel like a celebrity when you walk in there because everybody knows your name, they know what you eat, they saw you the other day, they know your kids. Or you could be a celebrity and walk in there and feel like a regular neighborhood person. It's no secret that the vaccination program in this country is beset with problems, and at least some of them were very avoidable, like the situation in Philadelphia where somehow a 22-year-old college student with no medical background managed to open a COVID vaccine center. And no surprise, as Les Trump reports, it has been a massive screw-up. What were they thinking? A 22-year-old college kid hired to run a mass vaccination site with zero experience and no medical qualifications. Now the young man, Drexel University graduate student Andre Dorshin, admits he took home some of that vaccine and gave the shots to four buddies. People who came here for vaccinations at the Philadelphia Convention Center describe a chaotic and disturbing scene with apparently healthy people in their 30s getting vaccinated and elderly people being turned away in tears after waiting for hours. I don't understand who gave a 22-year-old keys to the convention center and thousands and thousands of doses and vaccines and just said, here. 32-year-old Jillian Horn said she was able to make an appointment online even though she's not in an eligible group. The elderly people, they were like, they were like, I need to get vaccinated. I'm 85. Like, what do you mean I can't get vaccinated? I'm 85. It was a disaster. I, 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 I'll never get the image out of my head. 29-year-old nurse Katrina Lipinski volunteered at the site. She claimed she saw Dorshan taking vaccine home in a bag. She posted, I feel terrible for the role I played in contributing to this operation. I spoke with Dorshan about the allegations today. If you're a bunch of college students that I have to ask you, what made you think that you could carry this out? Excuse me, we did carry this out. That's the, that's the bottom line. We did something that the health department and the city couldn't do, that no other group could do. So I'm, I'm sorry, sir, but we did the job. Is it true you took vaccine home and administered it to your friends? We had four vaccines that were left over. I took it upon myself, especially in this pandemic where every vaccine matters, every single one, to put that vaccine into, his, into an arm as per the guidance. I did vaccinate four of my friends. Not every vaccine story will make your blood boil. These people got stuck on the road in a snowstorm, and that turned out to be a very lucky thing because also stuck were some healthcare workers with extra doses of vaccine. Emmer Cagliano explains what happened next. Most people would curse their luck if they got stuck in a snowstorm. But for these stranded drivers, it was a blessing. They ended up getting COVID vaccine shots as the storm raged around them. I am now vaccinated. Yay! I got vaccinated on the side of the road. 
How this all came to be is quite a story. Michael Weber, public health director for Josephine County in Oregon, was administering shots at this mass vaccination site and was on the way to another site when he got stuck in the storm. You only have six hours to administer, administer it before it has to be thrown away. The clock was literally ticking, right, for you? Absolutely. We decided we'd zip up our coats and start uh, traipsing through the snow. Yup, Weather and his team went from car to stranded car, asking if anyone wanted the precious shots. Right there at the side of the road, they administered the vaccine. I felt completely at ease, completely comfortable, completely safe. They're super friendly. One of the lucky drivers was with the sheriff's department. All six of the doses were administered. One recipient was especially thrilled. He started doing a happy dance in his car and he uh, at, at some point jumped out of his car and ripped his shirt off so he could get at his arm. Quite the brainstorm in the middle of a snowstorm. Yay, I got vaccinated on the side of the road. Incredibly, 40 motorists actually passed on getting the vaccine there on the roadside. The Seattle Seahawks say they have cut all ties with a lineman who has been arrested on domestic abuse charges. His girlfriend called 911 saying he was trying to kill her. Details of what she says happened are truly disturbing. An NFL player is accused of almost beating his girlfriend to death. And now we're hearing the terror she says she went through. What is it that's happening? The victim is whispering because she's hiding in a locked bathroom. At one point, she texts 911 because she was too afraid to speak out loud. Please come in. He's trying to kill me, reads the text. Break down the door now. According to court documents, the fight broke out when her boyfriend, 27-year-old Chad Wheeler, allegedly asked her to bow down to him. When she refused, he strangled her with both hands until she passed out, leaving noticeable fingerprints on both sides of her neck. When she regained consciousness, Wheeler remarked, wow, you're alive? That's when she fled into the bathroom and locked the door, at which point cops say Wheeler picked the lock. On the 911 tape, you can hear the moment he breaks in. No. Questions that I'm asking you. Wheeler is six foot seven and weighs 310 pounds. He played for the Seattle Seahawks, who were eliminated in this year's NFC wildcard game. Wheeler is blaming his actions on a manic episode, claiming he recently stopped taking his bipolar medication. It is time for me to get the help I need. I cannot express my sorrow or remorse enough. I am truly ashamed, he tweeted. Wheeler is expected to enter a plea on February 9th. That's when he's scheduled to be in court for his arraignment. It is the latest wave of populism to sweep America. And this time, the targets are huge Wall Street hedge funds. As much as $5 billion has been lost by some of these firms after small individual investors banded together and bought stock in struggling companies that the big guys had shorted, thinking those businesses would decline. Stephen Fabian explains what went down and what the bigger impact might be. The stock market is in turmoil today, shaken by thousands of small-time investors taking on the big guys. It's like the villagers storming the castle. <laughs> he finally got nailed today by the little guy, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Thousands of amateur investors, many of them college age, are banding together on the online message forum Reddit and buying stock in struggling companies like GameStop. 
Their actions are pushing the stock price way up, costing hedge funds who are betting against these companies billions of dollars in losses. This is a stock at a 52-week low is $2.57. 257 it is up 13,000%. The explosion in GameStop's stock price is baffling, especially since the company which sells video games and gaming consoles is struggling like many brick and mortar stores. They lost $160 million last year and closed hundreds of stores. So what's going on here? You've got these hedge fund managers that have taken positions where they're betting on the stock to decline. The stock didn't decline. The stock went upward and it didn't just move upward a little bit. It moved violently upward. And so what that does is it causes hedge funds to feel some significant pain in their portfolios. 18-year-old Nick Brown is a typical Reddit investor. The college senior bought six shares of GameStop two weeks ago for $180. His shares are now worth $1,600. For the past week or so, so we just been seeing it like go up, go up, go up. Um, and yeah, here we are and here it is now. <laughs> it's not just GameStop. Those small time investors are targeting other businesses like the movie chain AMC, Bed Bath & Beyond, American Airlines and Tootsie Rolls. All businesses that are really struggling because of the pandemic. This is a very, very, very risky area, given some of the dynamics that are going on. You should not be taking your mortgage or what you plan to use to pay your mortgage and putting it in these names. Definitely not. Short squeezes like this don't often last long. In fact, today, GameStop and several of the other companies that were targeted, the share prices plummeted. She is irreplaceable. That's how Mel Brooks is remembering actress Cloris Leachman, who appeared in some of his most hilarious films. And over the years, Cloris was also a friend to us at Inside Edition, always up to have some fun with our cameras. Champion. I won. Inside Edition was fortunate to have had a long relationship with the legendary Cloris Leachman. Are you ready? We were there with Cloris at Gleason's Gym in 2007, where at age 81, she had something to prove. Come on, Mel. Put them up. Put your dukes up. She playfully challenged Mel Brooks to a fight after he said he would not be casting her again for the 2007 Broadway version of his 1974 hit, Young Frankenstein, in which she played Frau Blucher. I am Frau Blucher. The next year, at 82, she took to the dance floor as the oldest contestant ever on Dancing with the Stars. And holy cow, did she give it her all. I'm not leaving. Cloris spoke to us backstage. You flirted with me last week and I felt flattered. And now I see you flirt with every guy. No, no, so you, you meant it with me? I meant it with you. <laughs> we'll never forget her reviewing the steamy movie Fifty Shades of Grey. And what a hoot. Look at her priceless reactions. She always kept our viewers laughing. Here's one thing you may not know about Cloris Leachman. Before winning an Oscar for The Last Picture Show and achieving fame on Mary Tyler Moore, she was a beauty queen. Yep, she made it to the top 16 in the 1946 Miss America pageant. Cloris Leachman, a great lady. Thank you. A great star. I am Frau Blucher. Love that horse, Winnie. During her seven-decade career, Cloris Leachman also won eight Primetime Emmy Awards. 
next. $10,000 for a COVID-19 vaccine? This man is charging 10 grand for a COVID appointment. You're selling the appointment for thousands of dollars. You know, how, how can you justify that? And toddlers and tiaras. Where are they now? 10 years later. I'm going to graduate high school, be a valedictorian. Inside Edition with Deborah Norville will be right back. Would you pay $10,000 to get a COVID vaccine? That's how much an ad that popped up on Craigslist was charging to get an appointment. So what was going on? The desperation is everywhere. Americans waiting in line for hours in hopes of getting vaccinated. But what if there was a way to cut to the front? We saw this ad on Craigslist that sure raised a lot of questions. COVID-19 vaccine appointment for two people in Florida. Must be over 65 and no proof of residence needed. The price, $20,000. That's right, 10 grand per shot. So who posted the ad and could it be legit? This is the man behind the ad. His name is Richard Lawrence. After first requiring us to make a $1,000 deposit to a children's charity, he told us to bring the remaining balance in a cashier's check made out to either him or the charity. Then he instructed us to meet him in this parking lot behind a McDonald's outside Jacksonville, Florida. Ten minutes away is the health department facility where Lawrence says he set up the COVID-19 vaccination appointments. There he is pacing the parking lot waiting for our undercover couple to arrive. But there's something about the couple waiting to meet him that he doesn't know. That's former Inside Edition chief investigative correspondent Matt Mahar, now retired and living in Florida. And that's Matt's wife, Patty. I'm really with Inside Edition, and we're doing a story on people who sell the vaccine okay. appointments. And we just want to ask you a couple of questions about sure. how this works. because yeah. you, you, re, you realize how odd this looks, don't you? Oh, yeah. All you're doing is helping somebody who's got a lot of money get to the front of the line. What I was doing was certainly working with people that were greedy, that wanted to get at the front of the line uh, and had money. The Mahars say they are incensed. They've already had their shots, which took them weeks to book. I just think it's outrageous. It took us more than a month trying to get an appointment. The charity told us they didn't know anything about the Craigslist ad, and when they found out what happened, they refunded our donation. When we come back, toddlers and tiaras, remember that? Well, where are the little girls a decade later? It's toddlers and tiaras, 10 years later. For seven seasons, toddlers and tiaras brought viewers inside the world of little kids' beauty pageants where young girls got spray tans, downed pixie sticks for energy, and even dressed as Julia Roberts' call girl character from Pretty Woman. Now, a decade later, comes a new special, Toddlers and Tiaras, Where Are They Now? Four-year-old Eden Wood and her mom, Mickey, were fan favorites. Here's Eden today, 15 and a high school sophomore. Of course, I'm going to graduate high school, be a valedictorian. <laughs> um, I've always wanted to go to college at Harvard University. Nine-year-old Tootie wowed viewers with her dance moves. Check out Tootie today. It's Tootie time. 
She's a cheerleader and a 4.0 college student in Mississippi. It's really great to see how the girls turned out 10 years later. Evangeline Fabio was the casting director for the show. She reveals the most famous contestant, Honey Boo Boo, was originally turned down by producers. I really liked her. I liked the family. They're a really good-hearted family. And then the third time I submitted her, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired from the show. I had to ask Eden Wood and her mom if they had any regrets about participating in the beauty pageant. I wouldn't change anything. She's just had so many opportunities that this one show gave to her. So I don't have any, I don't have any regrets. Toddlers and Tiaras, Where Are They Now? is currently streaming on Discovery+. And when we come back, a song for mom. Finally today, this is a really thoughtful son. A son plays a touching violin solo for his mom. 14-year-old Emilion Sosa is performing on Zoom for his mom, Erica, who is on a ventilator battling COVID-19 at a hospital in Texas. Music really does soothe the soul. And Emilion wrote a letter to the governor of Texas, who has now helped get his mom airlifted to a top hospital in Houston. We hope she gets better. See you tomorrow. If you like Inside Edition, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And, and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> respond too quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Once upon a beat. Remember those stories and fables that would capture your imagination and you couldn't wait to see how they would unfold? And now, when you read them as an adult, you think some of these old tales could use a fresh spin. We have a perfect podcast to bring you the stories you remember, remix, and reimagine for the kids in your life today. Join me, DJ Fuse, and my trusty turntable, Baby Scratch, as we spin up new tales in the New Kids and Family podcast, Once Upon a Beat. Wondry and Tinkercast are bringing you a jam-packed, music-filled weekly party where hip-hop and fables meet. It's Once Upon a Beat. Follow Once Upon a Beat on the Wondry app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Once Upon a Beat early and ad-free right now by joining Wondry Plus in the Wondry app or Wondry Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. Once Upon a Beat.